Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. I've seen quite a few videos on social media recently of young women soliciting help in finding the perfect dress for graduation. Might I suggest you add Macy's to your list? They have lots of options for dresses that will transition perfectly from under your gown to that incredible dinner with family after the ceremony. Check out options from brands like On 34th, Michael Kors, DKNY, and many more. Shop at Macy's.com or in-store. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Buying your first car can make you feel like a superstar as it's a big purchase, but it can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, 
It is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 192 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. Like many things this past year, the experience of dating has looked a lot different, and there are many more things to consider. Here's what a few of our community members had to share about what dating has been like for them. My experience actually has been pretty great dating online since the pandemic began. I can't lie. (laughs) I actually am in a relationship now and that started at peak coronavirus back in March and we met on Hinge. I was very cautious. I have an immune disorder. And so I didn't want to meet in person for a very long time. So it went from pictures to FaceTime to doing the walks in person. And I think that played a big role too, because there isn't much to do during Corona. There's not a lot of distractions. And so spending a lot of time just walking around, talking, getting lost in the mountains, because we don't actually know how to hike, (laughs) really made a difference. So my experience online dating since the pandemic has been, it's changed. I feel like the pandemic has influenced more of what I'm looking for in a partner. During the pandemic, there's been a emphasis on like a bunch of racial issues, systemic racism and all of this. And so I've been looking at what their views are towards what's been happening and like, have they been voting? Are they registered to vote? If they're not registered to vote, maybe because they're not an American citizen or something, are they still knowledgeable of the issues and stuff like that? So for someone that's pursuing online dating during a pandemic, go into it with the right mindset. I won't say lower your expectations, but I would say have realistic expectations of what you're trying to get out of it. Keep your standards where they are. (laughs) For me, I, I think mindset is important. To help us dig a little deeper into the current dating landscape, today we're joined by Tanisha Wood. Tanisha is a dating coach, matchmaker, and founder of The Broom List the first and only matchmaking firm dedicated to pairing marriage-minded Black professionals. Her mantra is, know you, be you, love you. She believes that love starts within. Once you love yourself and embrace authenticity, love will find its way to you. Tanisha shares dating advice to a wide audience on her popular podcast, Dating, Relationships, and Love, or DRL. Tanisha and I chatted about how dating has changed during the pandemic, what her work looks like as a matchmaker, suggestions for making your online dating profiles pop, and how to have honest conversations about your relationship expectations. She also shares some of her favorite resources and a special discount code for anyone who might be interested in using her matchmaking services. While enjoying our conversation, Be sure to share anything that really resonates with you on social media using the hashtag TBG in session. Here's our conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tanisha. Hi, Dr. Joy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm very excited you were able to come and chat with us. And I would love for you to just start by telling us a little bit about you, as well as how you got into the work of matchmaking. Yeah. So my name is Tanisha Wood. I am a dating coach and matchmaker. I've been doing this now full time for about five years, and it actually really started very organically. I grew up in Minneapolis, and then 
I moved out to San Francisco for a job back in 2009. And when I got out there, I didn't know anybody at all. And so 2009, if we recall, was still the dark ages of online dating, meaning people weren't too forthcoming about meeting people online and dating online. It was still sort of a a source of embarrassment for some people. But for me, I never took any issue with it. And when I got out there, I created a profile and I was in my early 20s. And so I would tweak my profile and I would notice what type of men I was attracting based on that. And so it just sort of became a fun experiment for me. And like I said, I was just exploring, dating, having fun. So I wasn't looking for anything serious at that point. But once I was, again, I changed my profile and then met a boyfriend at the time, met him. And then friends would always say to me, well, how are you meeting these guys? I'm like, oh, online, like, let me show you how to do it. And so I started doing profiles for friends. And then from there, they were sending me their friends' profiles. And at a certain point, I said, I should get paid for this. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I really, I spun that. And then, you know, I stayed in a sales career for several years after that. And then finally, about five years ago, I just said, you know what, this is truly what I feel like I'm called to do. Like I said, I'd been matching friends and doing their profiles. And I decided to start my own company five years ago doing it. Nice. Yeah. And in session 185 of the podcast, we talked about just single life during the pandemic, right? So I am sure that much of your work has shifted as have many things in the world, right? And so I am curious to hear about like, what kinds of things are your clients talking about? Like, what does dating even look like right now? You know, I was actually really surprised at the beginning of the pandemic, because in my mind, I thought this is not something that people are going to spend money on right now. My business will be severely impacted. That's the idea I had going into the pandemic. But as things went on, I actually started to work with more people and get more clients because I think people really probably for the first time sat down by themselves and thought, I don't want this life going forward. I don't know that I want to spend this much time alone, you know? As a person myself who very much values alone time, I very much value solitude. You know, even for me, having a boyfriend, the times, you know, just being there alone the entire time, I'm like, wow, we really do need people. Like, I'm so glad you're here with me, but I also miss my family. I also miss my friends. I miss those interactions. So I think what the pandemic did was really force people to realize, hey, do I truly want to do this alone forever? And for most people, the answer was no. And so they sought out, you know, services like mine. We saw a huge skyrocket in online dating, the amount of messages that were being sent, the amount of people that were signing up and using video dating features and things like that. And so can you talk a little bit about the technology and maybe I know that there are the standard apps and stuff like that, but like, what is your work looking like now in terms of matchmaking in the virtual world? Yeah. So a lot of my clients have become really open to dating outside of their geographic area, right? So people that are in New York are like, yeah, I'm fine, you know, dating somebody in Atlanta or DC or wherever, because now they have the flexibility to really be anywhere, right? So it's not a matter of, okay, if things work out with this person, I can just see them on the weekends when I'm not working. Like people are able to travel and work elsewhere. So I am seeing a lot more openness with that. I'm also seeing people becoming more open to the idea of I can meet somebody virtually, whether that be through me or on an app and create a relationship and fall in love. And it doesn't take anything away from us as a couple or this relationship because we haven't had those in-person interactions. So I think just people have become 
a lot more open to the idea of it's not about how you meet somebody, but about the connection that you truly share together. Mm. Did you feel like heading into the pandemic, there was still a lot of stigma related to meeting online or was that kind of gone anyway? I think most of the stigma was gone, but I will say that what I think was still there was this lack of seriousness, right? So I think that people didn't always take online dating seriously. They might've seen it as, I might meet somebody there. We'll go out on a couple dates. But, you know, I often heard a lot of people say, I know you can meet your husband or wife online, but that's probably not how it's going to happen for me. There's this sort of idea that it would probably happen in other ways, but not online. But I think people are much more open now to saying, yeah, I can meet my husband and wife here. I can fall in love truly with a person I may have never met in person. It actually sort of happened that way for me. So okay. when I first met my boyfriend, he slid into my DM on Instagram. And it was a time in my life where I was having a lot of transitions. Like I mentioned before, I had left a full-time career to start my own thing. And it was right around that time. And before I did all that, I decided that I was going to you know, take a trip around the world for two months, right? So he slid into my DM. I said, you know, thanks, but no thanks. And then he was very persistent. And so we actually ended up meeting right before my trip, we went and had coffee. And, you know, at that point, I still thought, "Mm, not really for me. And I'm really focused on on doing me right now on this trip I have to take and getting everything ready for that. And so he said, Hey, you know, do me a favor and let me know all the places that you're going, like send me a list of of everywhere that you're going. So I I sent him the list, not really thinking anything of it. And then he says, you know, I want to introduce you to some friends that I have in Paris And also a really good friend that I have in Madrid. And again, people say stuff like that, like, oh, I'll connect you. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. So when I got to Paris, he introduced me to two really amazing black women that he went to Howard with. And he was just like, I just knew you were going to like them. And I hit it off with them. Then when I got to Spain, a good friend that he had there, him and his wife took me out for my birthday. And so I started meeting all these people through him. And I didn't even really know him yet. So that really prompted me to communicate with him more. And then we ended up talking every single day that I was gone. And then by the time that I got home, we were together. And then we moved in together a month later. And that was three years ago. Wow. What a cool story. Yeah. I feel like this is something that is going to give people that boost they need to maybe check their other messages folder on Instagram, (laughs) right? Because we talk a lot about like the traditional dating apps, right? Like Match and Tinder and all of those things. But I honestly feel like places like Instagram and Twitter are actually really great places to kind of get to know more about people than maybe you would even share on a dating app. Oh, totally. Because I mean, you could explore and by explore, I mean stock. Um, You (laughs) can literally explore someone's whole life. And there's so much for you to go off of on their pages and in their profiles that could easily prompt a conversation or a message. I mean, that could start as easily as saying something like, oh, you know, I I saw that you went to Madrid last year. Uh, You know, I went and I'm so glad they had the siestas after all the you know amazing meals I was eating. What was your favorite part? Like, it just gives you so much rich information to like start a rich conversation. And I say rich conversation very intentionally. Do not slide into anybody's DM and just say hi. Have something (laughs) to say. Oh, so can you give us more pointers about how you start a rich conversation? Yeah. Don't approach anybody that you're not actually interested in. So if you just find somebody attractive, but there's not much more beyond that, that you find that you like about them or that you're sharing with them, just let that one go. 
But if it is somebody that you actually have an interest in and you see that you guys have things in common, focus on those commonalities. So, you know, I gave the example of Madrid, but that could be anything from the city you live in to pets you have to life goals that are mentioned in your page. I mean, people really do give a whole lot of personal information out about themselves and about what they're thinking and about what they're doing. So there's really a lot to say. So don't miss the opportunity by being generic, bland, and seeming like you're not actually interested. You know, like if you're actually interested in a person, there is so much more to say than hi. So start with something that you guys have in common. Tell them exactly what it is that interested you about them. And also be clear about why you're reaching out. You know, you don't want somebody to take this as a, oh, is this like a a business connection? Is that why they're reaching out? Like you want somebody to be clear. I mean, you know, don't go over the top and overboard. Say, don't, you know, say something like, oh, I thought you would be a great boyfriend. So here I am. I mean, keep it light, but you could ask something like, oh, are you, are you dating anybody after you've established a connection? Then ask that up front. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having that conversation sooner than later. Right. More from Tanisha after this quick break. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a backseat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us. Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve, and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. 
APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API Scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct, positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Are you ready for a family vacation you will never forget? One where anything is possible? If so, it's time to plan your getaway to sunny Orlando. Orlando really is the ultimate family destination. It's time to break out the matching bedazzled t-shirt, dust off your go-to dad jokes, and prepare for exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, and fresh new dining experiences, and so much more. Of course, you know that Orlando is the theme park capital of the world, With 15 of the world's top theme parks and water parks all in one place and beyond the parks, there is also excitement and family fun around every corner. If you're ready to plan an epic Orlando vacation, but you're not sure where to start, you can talk one-on-one with one of their Visit Orlando vacation planners. In Orlando, anything is possible. If you can imagine it, plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. So for the more traditional dating apps, because I know you've already mentioned that this is something that you help your clients to do, what are some of the do's and don'ts or things that you find work really well for people when they're sharing things like on their dating profiles? First thing is be authentic, right? So show the best version of yourself, but also the most authentic version of yourself. And so be clear about who you are, what you're looking for, and what brings you joy. So When I say who you are, who you are isn't just defined by, well, here's what I do for work. You know, I'm a sales manager. I'm a matchmaker. Like, that's what you do. But who are you? What kind of person are you? How do your friends describe you? How would your mother describe you? How do you describe you? So that really stands out because believe it or not, a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people immediately lean on the work crutch, right? So I say, focus on on who you are at heart, focus on what you want. So be clear in your profile that you are, in fact, looking for a long-term relationship or a friendship or something serious or something casual, whatever it is that you're looking for, because it's just going to take away so much confusion on the back end. And I think sometimes people are scared to say that up front when they're looking for something serious or serious relationship, because they think, well, I don't want to scare people off. You will scare people off and that's okay. Those aren't your people. So that's fine. If they are scared off by you wanting something serious and you being confident enough to state that up front, scare those people off that don't want that. That'll save you time. And a big tip I always 
give women in particular is to include the type of man that you want in your profile. So for example, I would like a confident man that makes me feel safe. Like essentially you are telling the men that look at your profile, if you are this, come my way. If you are not, keep swiping without being negative. Another tip that that brings me to, avoid all negativity in your profile. So don't talk about the things that you don't want. So don't say, I don't want a cheater. I don't want a man with baggage. I don't want, like, let's not bring negative energy into it at all. Focus on the positive. Because when people see things like that, you're ultimately going to attract negative people. Like the people that are going to be attracted to all the negative talk are negative people. Hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, if I were reading something like that in a dating profile, it would make me question like, are you actually ready to date? Right. Because it feels like to me, there's still something you need to work through around whoever else you've dated that you're leading with who I don't want. Yeah. Like, you know, exactly what somebody has been through when they say, I don't want this. I don't want that. Like nobody writes in their profile. You know, I don't want to be with a serial killer. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't feel the need to write that. <laughs> Right, right. So I'm curious to know more about how the process works to work with a matchmaker. So, you know, with the traditional dating apps, you know, it is much more self-led, right? But I'm assuming that with a matchmaker, more of the work is you kind of like screening your clients for maybe who you have, you know, in your database, for a lack of a better word, right? To see who might be a good match. Can you tell me a little bit more about that process? Yeah. So it's a very intensive process. The screening process really focuses on understanding the readiness part. So I typically do a video interview with clients that's about an hour and a half to two hours. And in that interview, I'm asking questions like, have you been to therapy? What did you get out of that experience? Do you have any unhealed trauma that you're still working on? How do you believe that finances should be split? Who pays for a first date? What's your relationship like with your family? So what I'm really trying to garner from all these questions is how emotionally mature and ready are you? Because, you know, I I look at it like I could match you with the absolute perfect person for you. It could be amazing, but there's going to be a problem at some point. And are you ready? And do you have the emotional maturity and the skill set to work through those issues when they arise? So That's really what I'm checking for there. Got it. Got it. So I know in your work, you talk a lot about attracting and keeping a high value partner. Can you tell me more about what that means? Yeah. So I think the the absolute best way to attract and keep a high value partner is valuing yourself. So that is step one. So how I look at it is how you value and treat yourself is how a partner will value and treat you. So if you come into the relationship confident in who you are and you are upfront about your needs and how you want and need to be treated, a partner is going to reciprocate that. I think people mirror what we have going on on the inside. So if I come into a relationship in a situation just unsure of myself, you know, lacking the confidence in who I am and my ability to bring value to a partnership that's going to show like that's the energy I'm putting out there. And that's going to be reflected right back to me in not only my romantic relationships, but, you know, friendships, work relationships, all sorts of it. So I think attracting a high value partner means seeing yourself in that way first and acting accordingly. I don't know. It always seems like black women are 
expected to settle for potential and expected to be okay with not having a partner that brings as much to the table as they do. You are allowed to ask for that. And I don't want anybody to feel any way about asking for all the things that they bring to the table. Again, your high value is you, however you see yourself and wherever you see your value, you are allowed to ask for that. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, are there any exercises that our community could do or that maybe you do with your potential clients that help them to find their personal values and how that might work in a relationship? Yeah. One of the things that I love doing is I love writing letters. And I think it, it's so important just to sit with your thoughts in an honest way. And so I have my clients write a letter to the universe describing who they are and the type of life that they want and the type of partner that they want. I encourage them not to focus on, you know, the six foot, the six pack or the six figure, but really ask yourself again with what I said before, how do you want to feel when you wake up next to this person in the morning? What types of qualities do they need to have to bring you what you need? You know, do they need to be a joyous person? Do they need to be an intellectual person? Like, Who do they need to value and what do they need to value? So really, again, focus on the feeling that you want when you are with your partner. Yeah. And I mean, you know, several times in this conversation, you have kind of referred to like there is some work that you sometimes have to do to be ready to kind of make space for a relationship. Right. And so I'm wondering, like, what kinds of things frequently come up for your clients around maybe self-work that they need to engage in before they actually are ready for the dating process? Yeah, a lot of it is really like loving yourself. Like a lot of it I find is scars from old relationships that have left us feeling broken or that we are not worthy. And then therefore we lose trust in our ability to choose the right partner. And we also sometimes feel like maybe we don't deserve the right partner based on what happened in the past. So a lot of the times with my clients, we'll do exercises where we're understanding what those roadblocks are. So sometimes the roadblock isn't your last relationship that ended badly. So sometimes we like peel back the onion and dig and dig and dig in order to find the source of that issue. And, you know, I am not a therapist. And so whenever it gets to a place where I feel like there is deep seated trauma in there that people need to work through, I always recommend that they seek the advice and and counsel of a therapist But for my role, I do try to help them at least understand what those roadblocks are and where they're coming from. Because I think once you identify the source of it, you can move forward understanding the source of where that harm might have actually come from. More from Tanisha after this quick break. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, 
a national urban league program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API Scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct, positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Are you ready for a family vacation you will never forget? One where anything is possible? If so, it's time to plan your getaway to sunny Orlando. Orlando really is the ultimate family destination. It's time to break out the matching bedazzled t-shirt, dust off your go-to dad jokes, and prepare for exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, and fresh new dining experiences, and so much more. Of course, you know that Orlando is the theme park capital of the world, with 15 of the world's top theme parks and water parks all in one place, and beyond the parks, there is also excitement and family fun around every corner. If you're ready to plan an epic Orlando vacation, but you're not sure where to start, you can talk one-on-one -on -one with one of their Visit Orlando vacation planners. In Orlando, anything is possible. If you can imagine it, 
Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. So you mentioned that in your matchmaking work, you don't work with anybody typically under the age of 28. I'm wondering if there are differences that you've seen kind of depending on the age in terms of what people are looking at and like what kinds of expectations they maybe should even have depending on their age. Well, I don't work with people under 28 because I don't think anybody should be married before 30. That, that is, that's a personal philosophy. <laughs> I have seen, you know, way too many situations where people have gotten married too young before they really knew themselves and what they wanted out of life. And then the situation didn't end well. So I like for people to be at a place where they've lived enough life to say, okay, I know exactly who I am and I know exactly who I want before committing to a lifetime partnership. The human brain doesn't actually finish developing until around age 26, maybe later for some people. And so if you're going to make a a lifelong decision, I want you to have a fully formed brain when making that decision. So what are your suggestions for what our community members in their 20s should be doing to kind of really get to know themselves and ground themselves? Yeah, I think in your 20s, it's really the time to explore. Like your 20s are a good time to go out with different types of people to try to figure out, okay, what did I like about that guy? What did I like about that woman? What did I like about that interaction? What didn't I like? But really using that time to dissect exactly what you prefer and what you don't. Oh man, I really do miss dating in my 20s. Like it was a really it was a really fun time for me like through going out with so many different guys, I really understood myself. You know, I really was observing certain qualities. Like I was observing how I was reacting to these men like sometimes I'd feel just really comfortable and I'm laughing and like just feeling at ease And I would say, well, what was it about him that made me feel like that? What specifically did he do? What was that quality? And then when I wasn't feeling that way, when I was feeling like, uh, I don't, there's something about this guy. I don't really like him. I just, you know, I don't want him touching me. I don't like what qualities were producing that sort of reaction. So just really being aware and intentional, because I, I think that one of the things that we're really good at is planning for certain life events. So you know, we'll say, okay, I want this job or this position at my company. Okay, well, let me think about all the the qualifications or certifications or whatever it might be that I need to get there. Okay, cool. Let me get that done. Or I really want this education. Okay. Well, how much is it going to cost me? We are so good at planning certain things, but when it comes to relationships and love, I don't think we plan enough. I think that we sort of just expect it to happen. We sort of expect to walk outside one day and in a very serendipitous way, you know, meet, meet the man of our dreams. And it, it doesn't happen that way. You know, I think it happens that way in Disney quite often, but in real life, it, it does take planning. Like think about what you really need and, and plan for that. And so whether that plan be talking to friends about what you want and letting them know you're looking or dating online and creating a profile that really attracts that type of man or working with a matchmaker to help vet candidates for you and to coach you. All of it, regardless of how you get there, get there intentionally and with a plan. 
So the plan, it sounds like, looks like you being just very active in the process as opposed to the serendipity that Disney has kind of told us is how you fall in love. Right. And, and then even after you meet somebody, the work doesn't end there. In fact, that's really where the work begins. Like, again, liking somebody and somebody liking you is not enough to sustain a healthy relationship. So you need to be comfortable having certain conversations early and up front so that people understand your expectations and what you need out of that partnership. So you mentioned the whole, the importance of communicating expectations, either very early in the dating process, or even, you know, once you are like in a more committed relationship. And I know that this is something that Mm -hmm. people typically struggle with, right? Like just kind of feeling like, oh, am I doing too much by communicating these things? But we know that the only way that you have a good chance of getting your expectations met is by letting people know that you have them. Exactly. That's the thing. I think we view these things as people are going to think, oh, we're overbearing. Oh, we're asking for too much. But in fact, it does the opposite. It lets a person know, hey, I know myself and I value myself and I value my needs. So you should too. Here are some of my needs. And again, it's all about how you say it. So, for example, some people are you know, the type of people where they want you to communicate with them often throughout the day. Like they want to talk to their partner multiple times throughout the day. That's just an easy conversation in the beginning. Say, Hey, you know, if you notice that your partner's not doing that, and that's something that you need say, Hey, you know, I know we don't talk very often throughout the day, or, you know, you don't text me when you're at work, but it really means a lot to me just to like have that communication for me to hear about your day and check in with you. And I love hearing from you. It puts a smile on my face. So like, I would love it if we could communicate more during the day. Like simple, right? Like it's, it's all about how you say it, not what you say. And if you have a loving partner, they will, I'm not going to say they're always going to comply with exactly what you say. And now they're going to text you every day at lunch. Like, no, but what a healthy relationship will do is have a, a conversation about that. So maybe that conversation is, Hey, yeah, I know you like that. But like, the thing is, I just get so busy during these hours and it's like almost impossible for me to text. Okay. Well, how about first thing when I get home, we always have 20 minutes together of just our time, like communication and compromise like that. That's what it's all about. So you have to be in a relationship where you're comfortable having these conversations. And if you're truly not, so if you're with somebody and you're like, oh man, I don't want to tell him that. I want him to communicate with me more during the day or whatever the issue might be. Ask yourself why I'm so apprehensive about communicating my needs to this person. Is it because I feel like my needs are off base or wrong or unwarranted? Is it because I feel like this person will be upset or just not listen? Whatever it might be, ask yourself the question behind the question. Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? If I am unable to communicate with my partner, Why is that? Is it something they are doing to make me feel like this? Is it something I am doing? Don't I think what I'm asking for is valuable? Like ask yourself these questions. Yeah, because I do think that those are some of the things we bring into a relationship, right? And maybe something that you don't even have insight in until you find yourself doing it, right? And it's like, oh, I'm really kind of like minimizing my needs here. Like, where did that come from, right? Especially if it's a newer behavior, you know, it could be something that is yeah. typically not you, but it's something about this dynamic that is, you know, causing you to react in that way. Yeah, for me personally, like I've had to work through the idea of 
asking for help. And I've had to work on it very intentionally because it's just something that I've always struggled with. Like I've always had this idea in my head since I was a child and probably from some things in my childhood, right? That like, oh, you know what? You got to do it yourself. If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. You, you have to be independent. You don't ask for help. Like all of that, right? And, and I held that with such pride for a very long time. Like I love telling a man like, oh, I want you, but I don't need you. Like that was my favorite thing to tell any man. And I couldn't wait to say it. Like, oh, I, I can do everything on my own. You're actually, you're here, but I don't, I don't need you. I want you. And in my relationship now, you know, that's something that my boyfriend is very aware of. And he calls me on frequently. He'll often say to me, why did you do that on your own? Why didn't you just ask me for help? And I was like, oh, well, in the moment it was easier, blah, 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 you know, and no, like, because I've been doing that for so long, it comes so naturally for me just not to ask for help. And he has made me aware of how he feels when I don't ask for help. He feels like, oh, I don't want him to help. He is not necessary and all of that. And so it's something that I have to be very intentional about. You know, when I think, oh, just do it yourself. I, I honestly do ask myself, is this something that Chris can help with? Is this something he'd probably want to help with? And then I enlist his help all the time now. But again, very intentionally, I have to work on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know that not every relationship lasts, right? And I think that this is something that has happened. We've had quite a few conversations in the community around like breakups and like getting back out there. And so can you speak to maybe some suggestions or things people want to kind of keep in mind if they are kind of back in the dating scene again after maybe coming out of a long relationship? Yeah. First thing is don't get into a new relationship before you've healed from the old relationship because you don't want to bring that old baggage into the new thing. So really understand why the breakup happened, what your role in it was, and what you'd want to do different in the next relationship. So once you're clear on you know, what, what it was and your role in it, then when you move into a new relationship, you also have to make sure that you've built your trust back up with yourself, right? So Oftentimes we lose our trust in ourselves because maybe we chose wrong the last time. You know, maybe I chose a guy and then I realized he was completely different than who I thought he was. And now I question my own ability to choose the right partner. And and then I get into a relationship with somebody and I'm constantly thinking, oh, well, is he going to do this? Like the last person is, do I got to watch him? Like, so make sure that you have in fact gotten over the last relationship and you've taken the time to build your trust back up with yourself so that you know that you're now in something new for for the right reasons. Yeah, I think that that's a really important part of it, right? Because it is important, you know, for all of the reasons we've talked about today to really be able to trust your own judgment. Right. A hundred percent. Like that's such a big part of it. That's a huge part of dating is just having the certainty and like, go with your gut, like listen to your gut. Like, don't question that. I think we'll often logic our way out of just listening to our bodies and ourselves. You know, it's like, well, there's just something about the situation that I I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. And then we go back to, but he's such a nice guy and, you know, he has a good job and he has good friends and, you know, yeah, the rest all works, whatever. And it's like, no, nothing can happen if your gut is not bored. Like, listen to that. Listen to that. Like, you, you feel it in your body. There's that voice in your head. 
So always trust yourself first, trust your gut and and listen to yourself and your body. Mm -hmm. Very important. Very important. So something else that I think has been a hot topic recently, and I am sure you have been aware of this as it's your field, it feels like there is often lots of conversation around these male dating gurus, quote unquote, right? And it feels like there is a particular emphasis on Black men giving dating and love advice to Black women in ways that, frankly, I find incredibly harmful and predatory because it feels like often the advice is something about being wrong with you, right? Like there's something about you that you need to fix. And so I'm curious to just hear about any feedback that you have from people who may be, you know, watching these videos or signing up for courses or workshops. Like what kinds of things should people be considering when they're thinking about finding somebody to maybe give them dating advice? Oh, Dr. Joy, I'm right there with you. Sometimes I see those videos and I cringe. Like sometimes I just, I cringe. I would say always be aware of the source of the information, right? So you could find just about anything on Google, but like it may or may not be true. It depends on the source. So, you know, sometimes with some of these dating experts, like the, the male ones that are giving advice to women, Sometimes it feels extremely misogynistic to me and it does come from a place of, you know, like you said, there's, there's something wrong with you and it sometimes feels like there's no ownership or responsibility, you know, for, for both sides. Like no one person is ever always wrong. You're never always wrong and you're never always right. The truth is generally somewhere in the middle. So I would just encourage people to be very aware of the source. And again, not only be aware of the source, but like, what is the source's motivation for the information? What is the source's situation? So take, take it with a grain of salt. So I'd love to know if there are any resources that you find yourself recommending frequently, any books, podcasts, movies, anything that you find yourself suggesting to clients. Yeah. So a couple of my favorite books are, well, the five love languages. I think that's always important to just Mm -hmm. know your love language when going into a relationship and being able to share that with your partner. Another book I really like is Attached to figure out what your attachment style is. And I also really like Deepak Chopra, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And so, yeah, those are some of my favorites. There's a couple different games that I like to play, like card games. So there's one by the Gottman Institute. They're called Gottman Cards, but they have various questions at different levels of a relationship. So some are, you know, very casual and just ask like basic sort of questions. Some go a little bit deeper and ask about specific needs and things like that. But I think these are always fun to do because it's under the guise of a game, but it's also very revealing and an easy way to get to know somebody without, again, you know, if you're feeling like, I don't want to ask those types of questions, you, you pose it as a, let's play this fun game. And then you're learning a lot more about them and, and diving into their personality and, and figuring out if you guys are, in fact, compatible. Nice. Yeah, you really can't go wrong with any of these suggestions. These are all things that lots of the guests on the um, podcast have talked about before and definitely with the Gottman cards. Those are great for very, it feels very unassuming, but you actually get some really, really great conversation out of those kinds of topics. Right, exactly. So Tanisha, can you tell us where we can find you for anybody who maybe wants to use your services? So your website, as well as any social media handles you'd like to share? Yeah. So uh, my website is TanishaWood.com. That's T-E-N-N-E-S-H-A-W-O-O-D. 
Facebook.com and my Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that is at Tanisha Wood as well. And I also do have a podcast about dating and relationships and love called DRL podcast. So that's on my website as well. And I would like to offer to the listeners a 20% discount on my matchmaking services if they enter in the form that they heard about the broom list on Therapy for Black Girls. Perfect. So we will include all of that in the show notes for anybody who wants to look into that and hopefully connect with you for your services. Thank you so much for offering that for the community. Awesome. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah, that will be great. People love a discount code. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us, Tanisha. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was really great. I was super excited to be here. So I appreciate that. I'm so glad Tanisha was able to share her expertise with us today. To learn more about her and her work or to grab that discount code, be sure to visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 192. And please text two sisters right now and tell them to check out the episode. If you're looking for a therapist in your area, be sure to check out our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. If you want to continue digging into this topic and connect with some other sisters in your area, Come on over and join us in the Yellow Couch Collective, where we take a deeper dive into the topics from the podcast and just about everything else. You can join us at therapyforblackgirls.com slash YCC. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 